microphone check. Check, check, check. This is the Super Coin Brothers Podcast. Hosted by the Super Coin Brothers at Sahara Coins in Las Vegas. What's up, everybody? This is episode 14 of, uh, what are we called? Super Coin Brothers. That would be it. So, uh, here's the deal. We, in the store, bought a coin known as a Redfield Collection Dollar. Um, it's a hoard, pretty well-known hoard. And buying that coin, we all kind of started having a conversation about how cuckoo the guy was. And uh, at that point, we realized that this might be something to talk to you guys about. Kind of fill you in on uh, on all these different hoards and, and what they are. So we're thinking about doing a, a series uh, of hoards. We're going to start today with the Redfield hoard. Um, and w- tell you what, man, this guy, something else. Uh, but today, it's uh, me, Raymond Bullish Bryant. We've got Andrew Moneyman McDonald and... Adrian Nunbetta Chacon, all sitting around this microphone, uh, very close to each other, I may add. Very, very close. Uh, is, that, is that your foot? Is that your foot? <laughs> Sorry. Oh, my bad. Yeah. So, so we uh, we're gonna feel you guys in, man. I mean, this guy, this guy Redfield. I mean, I don't know whether I should call him a hero or a criminal. I mean, for all this stuff. But no, definitely a hero. This guy, you know, saved a lot of better day coins that are. Uh, Hard to find that are uncirculated, you know, and thanks to him, a lot of these coins are readily available. Yeah, so check this out. I mean, the guy's name, Lavere, or Lavier, however you want to pronounce it, Redfield. So he's French. Yeah, well, he may be French. A French that lived in California and then later went to Reno. Maybe he was Cajun. Might have been Cajun. So one thing we know about him is that a lot of people uh, called him an extremely eccentric investor, and... You know, that he, he, as far as we know, had zero trust in the government. And then we're talking back in what, the it's like the, the 50s, 60s? I mean, even though no, it's before that. He, he moved to Reno in the 30s, apparently. Right, right. And I mean, those guys in Reno, what is it, the stockbrokers used to call him the junk man? Yeah, junk man. They wanted to see him coming. I mean, they're like, dude, this guy will buy all the garbage that nobody else wants. And he doesn't care what he pays for it. So kind of interesting. Worked out for him, though. It did. I mean, didn't it? it said something like he made, I mean, he made a lot of money eventually. He was, kind of, I don't know if he was actually ever poor, poor, but he made a lot of money. And I know, Andrew, you were saying something like he used to wear farmer's clothing or yeah, something. He, he, apparently, he like, he, he dressed the part of a poor farmer and, uh, you know, he, he would hitchhike to save on gas and stuff. But <laughs> apparently he was seen gambling thousands of Morgan dollars at Reno casinos. So, in other words, don't pick people up carrying $1,000 bags of dollars when they're hitchhiking? Yeah, I, I guess so. Or, or the weird thing is, you know, he wants to save on gas, but he, he has no problem throwing it away. Smart and cheap. Smart <laughs> and cheap. Huh? Mm-hmm. Just like, the, like Taco Tuesday. Smart yeah, that's, and cheap. That's pretty good. It yeah. is smart and cheap. Mm-hmm. You're, you're right. So, I'll say this, though. From what we can tell... It, uh, it all seemed to pay off. I mean, he, he accumulated a lot of wealth. Like Andrew said, he moved to Reno, um, the heart of silver country. I mean, and, and from what I could tell, he didn't, he didn't move into an apartment. You know what I mean? He bought uh, some farmland with a huge stone house on it. So mm-hmm. um, that you, you, can't, you can't do that if you don't have you know, the funds to oh, do it back then. It's yeah. not like today. Um, now, as far as some of the people have speculated... Um, I know that they say one of the reasons why he may have gone to Reno was specifically because of the dollars. Um, You had found something about that. Well, you know, back then they they had the dollar slots, which, of course, accepted the the Morgan dollars. And, uh, you know, with so many casinos in Reno, the banks there would have readily available bags and bags of Morgan dollars. See, and he used to go to the banks in his truck locally, buy $1,000 bags, and just drive them home. Uh And he did that for a while, and then it caught up to him. No, definitely you know, word spreads when you're doing stuff like that. Now, when I say it caught up to him... Wait, wasn't he robbed a few times? Yes. 
Andrew, what you see, you uh, you were able to find oh, what the amount was there. Let, let's see here. Uh, for certain, he was robbed in 1963, and it was estimated a little over a hundred thousand of the dollars were stolen. A hundred thousand dollars, silver dollars. I I want to talk about that for a second. We've moved thousand dollar bags in the store. All three of us have. We mm-hmm. picked them up, moved them. Oh, that's heavy. Now, if it was a Saturday and you were like, hey, Ray, man, come over to my house. I need you to help me move 10 $1,000 bags. I'd be like, oh, man, my uh, my kid's sick. You know what I mean? I don't know that I'd be over there. But we're talking about 100 $1,000 bags. What is it? That's like 62 pounds a bag or something like that. Easily, yeah. yeah. It's heavy. I picked one up yesterday. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I mean, well, we didn't pick up a... Well, yeah, we did pick up. Yeah, you're right. You're right. right. Yeah, so they took $100,000 face value back then, which now would be, you know... Stupid money. Stupid money. But like, he learned his lesson, uh-huh. kind of. Because where was he storing those 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 dollars? Oh, he, he had them around his house, hidden, kind of. Yeah, kind of. You know, you know not not so well. As hidden as you can make a thousand dollar bag down in his basement, but just kind of in plain sight. Now, one of the things that that we found later became one of his uh, his favorites because he got robbed and all the word locally. Something like he started driving his truck as far away as Pennsylvania to go pick up thousand dollar bags. Yeah, Pennsylvania? Are you kidding me? You want what you want when you want it. Yeah, you don't want nobody to know that you want it. I think yeah, but yeah, no, you want what you want what you want it, but you want no one to know that you want it, so you go as far as you can to get it, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so this guy, I mean, he went he went pretty far out to get his stuff. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of things about this guy that are pretty interesting. I mean, as far as where he started hiding the stash, it was in like a a coal chute. He put them down a coal chute to hide them. But originally, they weren't very hidden, were they? Wasn't it like no, a? They were just kind of there, you know, next to the peach juice. Yeah, right <laughs> next to. Oh, supposedly, <laughs> what was it? Cans of or homemade canned peaches from his wife, and they they blew up from fermentation and got peach juice <laughs> all over the bags of Morgan dollars. Mm-hmm. So. It's kind of one of those numismatic legends that we're not sure if that part's true, um, but they say that some of the spotting and toning on some of those dollars he had were from peach juice that peach blew juice. up all over his bags of <laughs> coins. You know, you'd thank your wife for that one. Honey. How yeah. many coins were there? I mean, I got a lot of different things going well, on. The, the, there, there was never an, an exact amount ever, ever released. You know, I'm sure somebody knows, and I'm sure he knew at one point, but he's no longer here, you know, to answer that question for us. They guesstimate 400,000 coins. The thing is this. Like you said, there's no exact number that's been that's been put out there, but I don't care if you tell me 310,000, 350,000, 400,000. That's, that's ridiculous. The, the number was about 400,000 with, with the estate. If, if you factor in the 100,000 plus that got stolen, you could have been in you know, the 610,000 range. Right. Now, let's, let's put that into perspective. 400,000 Morgan dollars, they say weighs... Roughly 22,000 pounds. That's 11 tons. No, 11 tons. Uh-huh. Do this math. A 2014 Chevy Tahoe weighs 5,500 pounds. Uh-huh. So he had four Tahos stored under his house worth of silver dollars. Really? Lucky. Yeah, I would never <laughs> help that guy move. I mean, that's all there is to it. Now, the cool thing about it is, though, I mean, he literally just hoarded them. It's not like he was, you know, getting them and no. and getting them is uh, to collect them. I no. mean, what did you say? One of the, one of their friends said or oh, something. You know, he never cherry picked or anything. He just he wanted the coins for for what they were, not not for any numismatic value. He was not a coin collector at all. He just wanted the dollars for the for the silver content. But uh, you know, apparently, according to some of the tellers and and some friends, he wanted everything. Mint state, you know, uncirculated and, and original mint bags as often as he could. Now, 
That sounds like a pretty smart guy. Yeah, no, definitely. You know, I, I, I go buy things, and there's things I like to buy just to buy, and I definitely don't buy them going, you know, I want that to be perfect. He did, uh-huh. and as far as what I've what I've been able to find, it says that it's what something like fifteen percent of the total hoard was considered circulated, uh-huh. and they think most of that happened during either transport in his truck, or when it was thrown down the coal chute. Yeah, I mean, the bag hitting the hitting the other bags. I mean, could have caused some of that, obviously. <laughs> but uh, from everything I'm finding, man, that's that's it. And he kind of had kind of a a shaky history too, wasn't he? Arrested at some point yeah, for something? He, you know, going back to his mistrust of the government and the paper dollar itself. Um, he was arrested in the 60s, 1960, I believe, to be exact, uh, due to an ongoing feud, you know, with his taxes and the IRS. In other words, he didn't pay taxes. Believe it or not, the guy who's hiding 400,000 silver dollars under his house <laughs> isn't paying taxes. Huh. I don't know why I find that hard to believe. <laughs> uh, you know, it's pretty interesting stuff, man. Um, there's a few other things that, that happened with him that I know, Andrew, you you had kind of dug up um, According, you know, that, that has to do with the sale of them and kind of the value that was really never established prior to the auction that they had when he died. Well, you know, apparently the the, the Amar Coin Corporation, I believe, is what it's called, uh, Coin Company, excuse me, uh, became, became the owner. They they won the auction. A, a judge appointed decided the fairest way to do it would be just one lump sum. We'll have an auction. You get everything there is here. Sold for seven point three million dollars. Uh, the estimated value of those coins was about $20 million. Now, one of the things that I read, not to interrupt you, but it's going to add to this, is that they said from what everything I found, the only reason they got it for 7.3, there was not enough time. There was not enough manpower. They didn't have enough people to go in there and actually look at every single coin because there were so freaking many of them. Correct. So talk about a killer deal. I oh, mean, okay. I know you said that they were worth $20 million. Now, the funny thing is, is... Anytime you have a hoard of anything, if you go dump it onto the market, you're going to just tank the market. Uh-huh. So I will give them credit that they were very wise about their liquidation choices. So instead of just taking them all, dumping them into the market and saying, guess what we found and getting, you know, say $10 million for them, they created a three-year liquidation plan. So they basically, over the span of three years, created a, a pretty good marketing plan and then incrementally let them out for two reasons. One, they made more money. Uh-huh. Two, it didn't tank the market. It didn't piss off a bunch of collectors. Yep. So now what you see when you get these, like the one we have sitting in front of us right now, uh, there was actually a company, uh, and the company was the, the Paramount International Coin Corporation. They made cardboard holders that said right on them a silver dollar from the Redfield collection, and they also put Mint State 65 on it put the coins in them. This is part of history, believe it or not. This is coin history. I mean, Definitely. to be able to own a coin that, that some guy used to just hoard in his in his basement, you know, prior to hitchhiking to the casino, that's a big deal, man. <laughs> I mean, Adrian, if you start hiding your tone coins and hitchhiking to the casinos to blow tone coins, dude, I'm gonna I'm checking your house when you go. <laughs> I'm just saying. Well, you know that they say an exact inventory has never been released. Detail details of, of, of the coin purchases are, are very vague to this day. Yeah, it's, it's definitely an interesting hoard that in the last five years, I think I've seen four or five of these coins come through here. And, uh, you know, people love them. I mean, this is one of those hoards that is, is definitely part of coin history and, you know, will, will always be known as one of the larger hoards. Um, you know, is there anything else that, that really stands out about this guy that, that we want to make sure we share with everybody well, here? Well, the cool part is some of the more, like, notable dates... Um, you know, those of you who are familiar with um, the better date Morgan dollars, 
Um, in the Horde, um, they found, you know, 92 Phillies, 93 Phillies, 79 CC, 89 CC. I mean, the list goes on. Even 95S and 03Ss that are... Uh, that were, you know, mint state coins. Now, speaking of S's, though, didn't, uh, wasn't there, like, at that time, because of him, I mean, because of one person, uh-huh. the S mint stuff became pretty scarce then. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Because, well, one guy's going and getting them all. Yeah. Well, he, you know, he was he was buying these still when he was in California. Yeah. When he got to Nevada. Yeah, it's, this, I mean, it's pretty amazing when you really look at, at how much this guy has done, uh, or did, I should say, um, and, and how, how much that actually changed the market when he was around. You know, one of the cooler things I thought, you know, uh, you know, the speculations of him building the false wall around the Coleman after his robberies and, and whatnot. Uh, turns out that uh, he never really let anybody know about this. You know, just him and his wife, maybe if he had any children, I'm not sure. But uh, upon his death, uh, he actually left a note in his house. And a- after he died, the IRS, you know, from his ongoing battles with them, you know, seized the property at first and, and audited everything. One of the agents found a note, you know, letting them know that there was a false wall and of the hoard being there. The note specifically said to to whoever finds this, please do not notify the IRS of your findings. <laughs> Again, we wondered why he went to jail for not paying taxes. Yeah, I mean, imagine that. That makes it even more interesting, the fact that the guy builds a fake wall to hide all of his stuff and then leaves a note to let whoever finds it say, you know, hey, man, I built a fake wall down there to hide my <laughs> stuff. Now, back to the size of that, I think fake wall. And I'm thinking, you know, you know, like the, where they store dumpsters behind block oh, walls. Yeah. But then I start th- questioning, it weighed as much as five Tahoes or whatever, yeah, was, six Tahoes. It had to be a pretty stout wall. It had to be a huge basement. I mean, mm-hmm. are you kidding me? That's, oh yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go build a false wall to hide six cars behind. Yeah. That's basically what he did. <laughs> then I'm going to leave you a note just in case you don't notice there's a, a basement, you know, hidden underneath my basement, basically. Definitely. So, yeah, it's, it's some interesting stuff, man. I mean, this is really, I mean, it's a big hoard, but to be honest with you, um, this is not one of the larger hoards of, uh, you know, in, in coin history. I mean, there's much larger hoards. I know some of the ones that I want to make sure we discuss are the GSA hoard. Um, which those people love GSAs. Um, the Binion collection that was found in the middle of the desert. Now that one, that's like a murder mystery. I mean, that's oh, some definitely. interesting stuff. So um, we're gonna do some research on a lot of these big, well-known boards. Saddle Ridge. We'll Saddle Ridge is huge. Is huge. So this is all stuff, man, that I I find interesting. And what's funny is it's like we were overlooking it. We get this coin in our face, and it's like, whoa, back up a second. Let's oh. let's get some knowledge on this stuff. Definitely. I mean, this is this is a big deal. This without these type of people and these type of situations, coin collecting wouldn't be what it is right now. You know, it definitely wouldn't be what it is. So uh, this is something we we absolutely want to dig further into. Is there uh, anything else that uh, that you guys have or? You no, exhausted just, your resources. Just until next time, you know, the next uh, couple episodes that we talk about more of the hordes. Yeah, looking forward to it. It should be fun. Absolutely. Something we wanted to add about this, it's not, nor has it ever really been, just about the coins. It's rather about the story that surrounds the coins. So, I mean, keep that in mind when it comes to coin collecting. This is, this is amazing stuff. We have much, much more for you guys. So, guys, if you have any questions about anything we said, or if you want to write us a message and just tell us we're idiots and we're not sure what we're talking about, I mean, feel free. We're okay with all of that because what we'll do is we'll uh, do another podcast about it. So uh, send us any questions, comments, complaints, uh, anything you want to supercoinbrothers at saharacoins.net. Make sure you go over to iTunes and subscribe to the podcast. 
uh, go ahead and rate it for us. Leave some feedback. You can also check us out on uh, at supercoinbros.com. It's always updating with new stuff. Um, and uh, another, I want to give a shout out real quick too to our guys over at KDON, uh, Dave and Chad from Live in Las Vegas. It's on AM 720. Um, great show. We're actually on there with those guys on Tuesdays, and uh, you know we'd like it if you guys would check that out too. Just go to uh, kdwn.com and uh, click on Listen Live up top. You can stream it from anywhere in the world. So uh, take a look at that, and uh, we'll see you guys next time. 